yes, indeed. How about hour number two on a Wednesday? Not just any Wednesday. Wednesday before that bowl game, Texas fans. Wednesday after Marcus Carr does that. The Wednesday after Luca does that. We've been talking about both of those stories today. Got you some fantasy football help last hour. We hope it gets you a championship. And obviously, a lot of focus around here on Texas and Washington, including a couple guys that got asked about if they're coming back next year and the answers they gave. Let's get into all of that right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, our weekly visit with Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com at JustinWells2424 on Twitter. Justin, how are you, man? Hey, now, doing pretty well in this uh, post-Christmas hangover. Yes. How are you guys holding up? Doing good. good, man. We're good. Yeah, say, did you get enough food and presents and all that? I, I definitely got enough food. I got, I, I got just enough presents, just <laughs> enough to, uh, to, to be able to brag a little bit. But you know how it goes with kids. Once you, if your kids have a good Christmas, you have a good Christmas. And that's how we roll. So we we we, we were blessed, man. Yeah, that Family man. That's, that, I'm that's about. it. That one I definitely understand. All right, so it's, we got a lot of different things to hit with you, Justin. Let me start with the Texas Bowl prep, uh, getting ready for Washington. The questions went to Xavier Worthy and Jalen Ford about whether or not they're coming back next year. Both of them gave the political answer of "I'm focused on this game," and we'll get to all of that. Anything you would tell a Texas fan to take out of the those situations, I know some of them looked at the Xavier Worthy number change as something where, oh, if he changes number, maybe he's coming back. But anything to tell Texas fans about either of those guys? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would worry too much about Worthy. I mean, if he's talking about potentially leaving, that would have to be in the portal because he's not eligible for the NFL draft. And so I, I think that's kind of an odd question to ask a sophomore hmm. uh, at a press conference. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> uh, for Jordan Whittington, I, I think he's just now, I think he's trying to, 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 to you know, feel out his best options. If, it, if it's going to the league or if it's, you know, another season injury-free in Austin. I know that him and, and Coach Marion have built a really strong relationship. He feels like he's developed a lot more in the past year, especially since he's been healthy. Uh, another year in Austin, I think, would do wonders for, for Jordan Whittington if that, if that were to, you know, present itself. But then on the other side with Worthy, I just, you know, if you're asking a kid if he's leaving, <laughs> I don't think he's going to tell you if he's going to the portal in a press conference. Then again, maybe I'm wrong on his, on his grade classification, but he has another 12 months before he's eligible to, uh, to, to, to be to the NFL draft. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I don't like that. (laughs) I get the answer, but, yeah, I don't understand the question either, Jay Wells. Uh, Let me ask you this. With no DeMarvion overshone, who do you expect to step up at that linebacker position? Yes, we know Jalen Ford is there, but other than that, you know, you're you're just kind of iffy on, you know, what's Tucker Dorsey going to do? I know he's dealing with stuff off the field with his family, but do you think that it will be a huge issue playing against Against this juggernaut Washington offense that really likes to throw the ball with Michael Penix not having Demarion Overshown on uh, tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but it's definitely going to sting because Overshown had his best season this last year with Texas. I mean, he put everything together. It's similar to Whittington, the guy was healthy for the first time in Austin, and you saw the rewards from that. And so losing Overshown is always going to be a little bit of a sting because you got one of the best athletes in college football 
going sideline to slot, sideline tracking and smacking. Uh, I got a guy, though, that, could, that might slide in there and, and plays with an equal edge. May not be the athlete that DeMarvion is, but he's not far off. That's Maurice Blackwell. I know he plays a lot on special teams. I know he, 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 he does a little bit at safety. I know he's been playing a little bit more linebacker here later in the year. That's a guy I think you, you need to pay attention to. Maurice Blackwell plays with his hair on fire. This is a guy that, like I said, he plays with an edge, and he's got some athleticism. He's, he's rangy as well. He's got a great frame. That's a guy that I think you can build on. And so for that one game, you know, is he going to be the answer full term for 2023? That remains to be seen. But in a pinch for, for, for you know, against Washington in that high-powered offense, those receivers, I mean, they're deep one through three on pass catchers. I think he's going to be valuable in coverage because he's so good in coverage because he's used to playing in that back end. You slide him down into the box where he's playing some outside linebacker, all of a sudden – you have an advantage because of his versatility. And so, yeah, losing Overshone, it, it doesn't burn, but it stings a little bit. It, it's going to sting a little bit because Overshone's also one of the emotional leaders of that defense. But I'm telling you, Maurice Blackwell can play. He can hit. He plays with hair on fire. And that's a guy that I expect to, to make some plays tomorrow night at the Alamo Bowl. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas on 3.com. Justin, we'll circle back around to football. We did want to get some basketball thoughts from you. Let's start with Marcus Carr and 41 last night. What'd you think? Guys, last night my basketball world was turned (laughs) upside down. Okay? Last night I thought I saw history and then I saw more history. And and I'll I'll clue all the listeners in. First of all, Whoever gave Marcus Carr shooting lessons for Christmas, you win the day, okay? That was tremendous. I believe it was a, a, a school record 10 threes. That's just unbelievable. I think it took Carr 30 games last year to hit 10 threes. That's tremendous. And I think you should give uh, Carr and Rodney Terry a lot of credit there. Um, that, you know, he was on the trigger last night. That first half, I, you couldn't blink. He was outscoring A&M Commerce by himself. And so – yeah, watching, watching Marcus Carr last night was a lot of fun. And I thought I'd seen it all until I turned it over with about 30 seconds left with the Dallas Mavericks down nine uh, to the New York Knicks. And then my son and I stayed up late watching history there with Luka dropping a 60-point, 21-rebound, 10 assists. Uh, I call it the, the, the triple Donchick, uh, you know, <laughs> pulling that thing off for the first time in NBA history. And so, man, last night my basketball world was great, actually – my son and I are actually headed to Fort Worth right now to, to cover some basketball, some high school basketball that ties into high school football recruiting. And so, yeah, basketball was cool last night. Whoever gave Marcus Carr those shooting lessons, buddy, you win the day. <laughs> he was on fire. That was impressive. Yeah, Justin Wells, you mentioned shooting lessons. It seemed like last year he had like a little hitch in his jumper, and it wasn't as smooth. This year that hitch is gone, and you could tell he's really been working on his craft, and that could only be a bright spot with the Horns with what they want to do in Big 12 play coming up. You know, and listen, you're not going to get 41 regularly for Marcus Carr. Even he would admit that. But you like to know you got a guy that when he needs to go into his bag on a, rec- on, 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 on a, on a say, a, a Tuesday night game, he knows how to do it. And he's a volume guy. Listen, Marcus Carr was born a scorer. And that's one of the reasons I think, uh, you know, the, the Texas staff brought him in. Uh, not, you know, not, not just because of what he did, you know, in the Big Ten, but, you know, Carr is a guy that really worked on his game. 
you know, there was a chance that he was going to leave, uh, you know, leave for the N- NBA draft and decided to, to stay another year. And I think that was the absolute best decision for him. If Carr is going to give you that, uh, you know, just and not even just give you half of that, I think this team is going to be really formidable because you know Tyrese Hunter to me is still the the main ball handler there, and now Carr doesn't have to be. He can be that off ball guard that doesn't have to worry about on ball pressure, breaking press, you know, things of that sort. He can worry about putting the ball in the bucket. Scores are born; they are not made. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Jay Wells, a guy that we didn't get a chance to talk about because he didn't sign on National Siding Day was DeAndre Moore, the flip that the Longhorns football team got at wide receiver from Louisville. Tell us a little bit about DeAndre Moore that adds to this already good wide receiver class with Ryan Niblett and Jonte Cook. I think Moore was the, was the cherry on the top of a pretty solid wide receiver class. Uh, you know, Jonte Cook and, and Ryan Niblett were, were already a good little haul, and I think Cook is actually going to see early playing time in 2023. DeAndre Moore really just, it was the cherry, because this is a kid that is a supreme athlete. He, he, he's a, a dedicated wide receiver. If you go back and watch Huddle, he was a little injured this year, but his hustle and every facet to me is what really stands out. He is just an old-school football player. St. John Bosco, I believe they won the mythical uh, national championship for, for high school football. On a great team, really. Uh, plays with a really good uh, safety behind him in 2024, Peyton Woodyard, that, that Texas is in on real, uh, is doing a real good job on that recruitment. But DeAndre Moore is going to come in. He's going to enroll early, I believe. And this is the guy that, you know, he just adds uh, another dimension to the wide receiver room. You need guys that can play inside and out in this system. You need guys that can get vertical. It can't just be Xavier Worthy. You've got to have guys that can stretch the field. You get an Isaiah Nayor back healthy. You get a Jontae Cook integrated into that system. Xavier Worthy comes back. Let's say Jordan Whittington comes back. All of a sudden, you're missing B. John Robinson, but not as much because you can really do some damage going down the field, not to mention J.T. Sanders. Uh, you know, he'll be back for, for his junior year. And so I think it just makes the wide receiver room more competitive. I think you got a guy that, that Georgia was pushing there towards, you know, towards, uh, towards the end. You're looking at a guy that they had to flip from Louisville. He was a former Oklahoma commit until Lincoln Riley took his brisket to Southern Cal. At the end of the day, this is a guy that, that Texas did a really good job on. They stayed the course. I love how Sark plays the long game in a lot of these recruitments. Sometimes you, you'll, you'll have people in the business tell you that's not always the smartest tactic. Kind of, you, you need to push more at times. Sark doesn't do that, and I think it pays big time dividends. That they play the long game, they build a relationship, and then at the end, they they, they want to make sure they're still up there with with the other guys, and they're doing that right now. And it really, I think, what it does is it catapults them into twenty twenty four because there's one guy in state. There's a handful that are, that that are really really good wide receiver targets, but there's one guy in state. He's about an hour from campus at Lake Belton High School, 2024's uh, Micah Hudson. You, you build this wide receiver core. You, you, you get these guys on campus early in the spring. Hudson comes, watches practice, sees that competition, sees yours going vertical. That helps you there as well. So I think DeAndre Moore is a, is a big get from top to bottom. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas. Justin, we'll get a prediction for you on the, the bowl game, but also I'd like to get your thoughts on the Cowboys. They did beat the Eagles, which was the ultimate goal in that game. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys, though, with two games to go? 
Okay. <laughs> Buddy, Christmas Eve was a blast. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That was just a good football game. And I had and gotten to a point at the end where if Dallas would have lost, yeah, I would have been disappointed. That's, that's the Cowboys. But, man, what a good game. I thought top to bottom. And, and I feel like, and I got a lot of crap on it on social media, I felt like those are the two best teams in the NFC. Hmm. And people want to throw San Francisco at me. But I'm, I'm just saying, I think those two teams, are, are, are the top uh, of the NFC. And, 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 of course, Eagles fans want to say, well, Jalen Hurts w- didn't play. You know, it was Garden Minshew. Well, guess what? The Cowboys are missing three starters in the secondary for the season. So I don't want to hear about missing guys. Because right now, if you're comp- right now, if you're competing in the NFL this late in the season, you're doing it with depth. You're doing it with backups. And so I, I think it was a good little confidence boost for the, for the boys to know that, that they can handle this Eagles crew. I think they're both a pretty evenly matched team. I, I feel like Philadelphia is going to get the home field, and so, so the NFC title game is probably going to go through Philly, which will be absolute hell in, in mid-January for, for, for the Cowboys if they can make it to that point. But what a good game. And, and, and here's, you know, the defense has taken a few steps back. Parsons, we're seeing him not so much regress, but we're seeing other teams really focus on him and trying to eliminate him from the game, which does so much for his defense in, in and of itself. But what we are seeing is the offense coming. And look, Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott both have rushed for over 800 yards this season. Do you know how rare it is in the NFL to have two running backs go for 800-plus? If they finish the season crazy enough, you may have 2,000-yard rushers. And let me tell you, in the playoffs – that's big because you got to run the ball and you got to stop the run. And I think that's what Dallas still does really well. They can lean on the run a little bit more, getting Tyron Smith back, getting that, that offensive line kind of gelling back, getting Dak Prescott back to where he was before. You know, people want to hound him for, for throwing a few more interceptions than he has in the past. It's the league, man. That's going to happen. These aren't bad decisions. It's good competition. And that's what comes out at the end of the day. But I think Dak will be better. I think this offense is going to be better. And if, if they can get Parsons, keep him involved, and, you know, make sure that he's still getting to the quarterback because that's what he does best. Man, this Cal, I think we're going to see a showdown in, in the NFC playoffs. I think it's going to come down to Philadelphia and Dallas. And, buddy, I think that's a toss-up at this point. Mm. I know Cowboys fans like to hear that. Yeah, Justin Wells, who do you like tomorrow in the Alamo Bowl? We know Roshan Johnson, Bijan, and DeMarion Overshone aren't playing. While on the Huskies' side, I think they have everybody playing for uh, Kellen O'Bor's team. Who do you like tomorrow night? Yeah, you put me on the spot. I wasn't going to put in my prediction yet until we, we posted our roundtable at InsideTexas.com. Come see us. We'd love to have you. Uh, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, guys, and I think that kind of goes without saying. I think Texas has an advantage on defense. I think the last month of the season, the defense was really clicking. And, and like I said about the Cowboys and Eagles, the Longhorns have stopped the run in that last month of the season. They've played with a, with a different kind of physicality. You, you've seen – I mean, we've seen so much positive out of Jaron Thompson and Jalen Ford and Tavondre Sweat and Anthony Cook and Ryan Watts. Uh, you know, I think these guys – I think the defense is the advantage for Texas in this game, as a matter of fact. Are they going to miss Bijan? Hell yes. <laughs> but Jonathan Brooks is going to give you some really good carries. Jonathan Brooks is going to show you some vision 
and some some cutback ability that's going to really benefit this team in the next couple of years. Keelan Robinson is is lightning in a bottle. You get him in space, you're just going to watch him score. And then Jaden Blue, you know, Coach Sark talked about I think a little bit today about how much he's matured, you know, from last spring early, you know, enrolling early to to now, you know, and that's going to be a kid that, that they may want to rely on as well. And so. I wouldn't be surprised if they start that run out a little bit, just like they would if they had Bijan or Rashawn, because that running back room at Texas this season might be the best in the nation. And I, I think they're going to lean on Jonathan Brooks there down the end. I think you're going to see the most targets going to Jatavian Sanders. I think that's a guy that when, when he gets five or six targets in a game, Texas wins games. And so if they keep it simple, keep kind of doing what they did, lean on Brooks a little bit because I think he's ready to, to kind of take on some of that. Let Quinn Ewers get, get, get back under himself and, and, and make sure he's if him and if him and Xavier Worthy connect twice on one of those deep posts, I really like Texas in this game. I think the Horns have the better defense and I think that's what's gonna be the difference maker. I got the Horns winning forty five thirty eight. It's gonna be a, you know, I would probably take the over just because both, you know, it, it's it's it, I've seen some Alamo bowls in the past and they've turned into some track meets. And I think this, this will be no different. Uh, the, you know, the Huskies have a wide receiver named Jalen Polk. He, uh, he's out of Lufkin. Him and Jaron Thompson grew up together. They're like best friends. And Polk actually signed with Texas Tech when Jaron signed with Texas. Well, Texas Tech wasn't as interested after his freshman year and kind of let him go. Jalen went to Washington and is just absolutely torching the Pac-12. It's going to be fun to see that matchup. It's going to be fun to see how they deal with Michael Penix, who isn't I didn't realize how big that kid is. We're talking 6'3", 210-pound southpaw. And, and he's a guy that, that, that really generates a lot of excitement on offense. It's going to be high scoring. Give me Texas 45, UW 38. There you go. Plus Damn. a little East Texas reunion and a bowl game. you got to love that. Uh, that is Justin Wells. Amen. That is good stuff <laughs> right there now. Justin Wells inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Justin, we always appreciate the time, man. Safe travels. Uh, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Nothing but love, guys. Good, Thanks, st- Jay Wells. good stuff as always there. We hit, we hit all the things we were looking for. Yeah, Justin Wells being a Longhorn guy and a Dallas area guy, loving those Mavericks. Yeah, if you, if you had that combo last night, you were going crazy. Oh, yeah. Watching yeah. Carr and Luca. Yo, Dallas? It's going down in Dallas right now. If you X out the Rangers, don't, don't count them. But with the Cowboys, the Mavericks with Luca, just just yeah. Luca. Stars yeah. aren't bad. Yeah, stars aren't bad. Those three high school teams at one state. There you go. Soto, Duncanville, South Oak Cliff, uh-huh. and then you got if you want to count Fort Worth, TCU playing yeah. in the Final Four game Saturday. That's a good point. The first team from the state of Texas <sighs> to make the playoff. Don't I, like that. I know that sound, and trust me, I made it too when I first heard it. And then because the ESPN guy that said it backed it up with, "Well, it's kind of interesting considering that Texas and Texas A and M play in that state." Yeah, we know, we get it. Thanks, whoever you are. Thanks, TV head. Good grief! But congrats to him. Yeah, we'll see. To the victor go the spoils. In that case, they are the first team from the state Yo, to I'm get petty. there. I'm going for Michigan. I I feel great going for Michigan. Is that too. right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's not one of those. But Jay, they're in the Big Twelve. Don't you want to go for your fellow Big Twelve in whatever? No, nah, we going to the SEC. I feel like that's like a grandparent argument for my generation. It feels like our grandparents like to make those arguments. No, hell you no. should root for the state hell of Texas, no. Jay. No. no, that makes yeah. it worse. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. 
I have no problem with somebody yeah. rooting against a conference team. No problem. Yeah, now Gary Patterson's with us, and he didn't get a chance to play right. for any national championships, yeah. and Sonny Dykes is to do it in year one? Hell no, I don't like that. On the mental side of it, one thing I'm watching in the two semifinals are TCU and Ohio State about tired of being told how bad they are. Yeah. How are they going to react? Because they get to do the chip on the shoulder thing. Georgia's got all the responsibility and all the pressure, and Michigan is supposed to be way better than TCU. So how do those two teams deal with a month of deep down, they know everybody's not picking them? Yeah. I want to see how they react. And Ohio State, they've been – Feening off that loss to Michigan, that embarrassing loss to Michigan. Yep. They want some serious payback, and they can't wait to get back on that yeah, field. That's true. So, that's not just going to be a you know, walk through the park for Setson Bennett and those Bulldogs. That's going to be mm-hmm. a fight. Yeah, and by the way, when Ohio State and Georgia kick off, Ohio State will know if they're going to play Michigan if they win. Think about that. Hmm. Think about that one. That's a very different thing than what Georgia will go through. Georgia doesn't care. Georgia's playing whoever. Ohio State could know that if they win, they play that team. For the revenge and the title. Yeah. Now that would be some serious college football theater. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs may get in the way, though. All right, thanks to Justin for his time. Up next, we'll get you the Flex 30 segment. I think I sent the the tweet appropriately. I'm trying to find out. Oh, look, we already got the answer. Beautiful. Uh, we got some local stars uh, of um, one of those maybe lesser sports, let's say, but we want to give them some love. So we're going to give some of our local stars love. We're going to talk a little local basketball as well, tell you where you can find a schedule of games coming up if you got a little basketball Jones going on after last night with Luca and Carr and all that. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Yeah, I kind of figured that was about to take off a little bit. You just could feel it. You could feel it. They had something to say. It's so great. Oh, my God. All right. It's definitely kind of in my wheelhouse, except I don't know if I know this exact song. I feel like we're going back a little ways. Um, Hmm. How far back we're going, though. Uh, the album cover looks like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, it feels like that type of stuff too. Um, is it like? I'm gonna go a little newer. Is it the sword, or is it, is no. it a little hard for them? I don't know who this is. Who, or is who it? that is? Blind Guardian. No, I wasn't coming up with that. Blind Guardian. Yeah. Aha. Say That's the name of the song. Oh my God! Listen to that note. Did you that hear was that? Him? Oh my God! That wasn't a person. I think it was. That was an instrument. No, I think if you back that up, I think that was a dude. <laughs> that dude was screaming. Back. Back up one more time. A little bit more. Dude, I'm telling you, that was. Him. Listen. <laughs> Come on, man. That was him. My dude just got on that ladder. You go, Blind Guardian. I don't know wow. don't know enough about the band, but I know that guy's got some pipes. 
It's a short song, Chad. Four minutes and 57 seconds. Excellent. Blind Guardian, Canned Heat, and Heart uh, on the show today. We hope you're having a good one. Chad and Zay with you on a Wednesday. Um, it is a Wednesday where, of course, you will get Ball Don't Lie coming up with uh, Rod and Harge. I'm not sure if Rod is back yet from Ooh. his uh, his journey to Idaho. Hopefully everything is good there. Um, in fact, I checked in with Rod today like, hey, man, I'm seeing all this stuff with Southwest flights and everything. Like, you good? Do we, you know, because he'll be back and getting back for shows, but also the pregame show tomorrow. So we're just double checking all that. Uh, but uh, Ball Don't Lie coming up as soon as we're done. And then 7 o'clock tonight, you get the Longhorn Blitz podcast, your last Longhorn Blitz podcast before the bowl game itself with Jeff Howe, Rod Babers, and Matt Butler breaking it down uh, a wonderfully nerdy numbers X's and O's podcast if you haven't heard it. If you love your Longhorn football, got to check it out. Um, and of course, it is normally, uh, we, we run it for you Wednesdays at 7 and then get you a replay on Thursdays as well. If Longhorn basketball gets in the way, we'll uh, adjust things. But uh, tonight at 7, you will get the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Also tonight at 7, Texas women's basketball over on 105.3 The Bat. They're going to do what the men did last night. They're going to play A&M Commerce, and maybe one of the women's players will go off for 41 points and 10 threes tonight. We can uh, we can only hope. All right, uh, let's get you a Flex 30 segment. I asked the people to help, and the people helped, and now we're going to talk about uh, two local studs that have uh, recently returned home to say hi. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, we're going to give some love to the Vandegrift folks here. Uh, on my Twitter mentions, uh, I saw something from Vandegrift Wrestling at Vandegrift, at Vandy Wrestling, if you want to give them a follow. Uh, and it's, uh, there were two guys in the picture, and you could tell it was some of their former wrestlers that had come back uh, to, you know, to see the team. It said, awesome having these two Viper legends back in the room today. A whole bunch of podium medals and four final appearances during their time at Vandegrift. Check out the wall of pictures in the background. Hashtag Viper Tough. It was very cool. I liked the picture, and I could tell that if I am a Vandegrift wrestling fan, I would know exactly who these people are. But they didn't put their names in there. So I tweeted uh, at Vandegrift Wrestling to let us know who they were. We'd give them a little love on the air. And thanks to Vandegrift Wrestling for getting back to us. So uh, if you go to my Twitter, at chastings1049, I retweeted it so you can see the picture. It says, on the left is Riley, J- I'm going to assume Jacobs, J-A-C-O-P-S, could be Jacobs, uh, four-time state placer, two-time state finalist, one-time state champ, wrestled at Columbia. You'll see he's got a Columbia wrestling shirt on. Uh, on the right is Adam Wachnin, I'm assuming, W-A-C-H-N-I-N, three-time state placer, two-time state finalist, two of the best high school wrestlers from the Austin area. That's what's up. There you go. Coming back to say hello. Looks so, like they got that good workout in too. I was about to say, yeah, both of them look like they uh both of them look like they've still got the skills. Yo, man, wrestling's tough. Making oh weight God. and all that stuff, kind of like boxing. I remember seeing those wrestling guys back in high school running around the track with them uh trash bags as 
sweatshirts and stuff just to make weight. Right, and, trying to drop yeah, the weight. Yeah, trying to drop the weight mm-hmm. and stuff. It's intense. And I, I feel them. It really is. Yeah, so remember, FLXATX.com. They cover, obviously, a lot of high school football, which we did this season, but Snoop and the crew also covering all kinds of different sports. They're going to focus in uh, on the basketball going on right now. In fact, if you go to the schedule section, you can see games coming up on January 3rd. Once you get done with the holidays, you got a little itch to go see some basketball. You can go check out all kinds of games. Just picking a couple in random. Glenn and Leander, McNeil and Vista Ridge. You got the gym on there that you're going to be headed to. So uh, you can check out flxatx.com for all of that. Yeah, I'll be out there next week at Stony Point Round Rock. Yeah. Roger Wallace. Oh, is that right? Yeah, making my 2023 Ooh, TV debut. Well, let's uh, let's brag on you for a second. Oh, so, no, let's brag on Roger Wallace, man. He carries me. All right, here's the question, though. Have you gotten, have you been in contact with Steve Sarkeesian and his wife on what you should wear? <laughs> Can they? Can they? Are they going to loan you that Burger King suit and see if you can pull it off? You know what? I know I could pull it off for one. Yeah. But I, I mean, sorry, we got two. You know, different shades of a complexion. It might. It might be a little bit different. What I can rock and what when you started he can rock. Well, I can still pull off pull off the Taco Bell suit. Yeah, for sure. When you started that word, I thought you were going to say shapes. <laughs> Not shades. <laughs> that too. That too. a little bit more sh- better shape than I am. Yeah. Oh, I'll admit it. I ain't too proud. I think you might be able to pull it off. I think you might be able to pull it off. Had they won the football game that day, nobody would have said a word. Yeah. Not a word about him being able to pull that suit off. So check out flxatx.com for that. Obviously, uh, locally today, we've been talking about the crazy performance from Marcus Carr last night. And uh, 41 points that he poured in for Texas. Zay, it's going to be interesting to watch this team and now the transition into conference play. They've gotten to, they've handled their business. They had the, you know, they, they handled their business in a big way against Gonzaga. They got that, that's a win Longhorn fans really enjoyed watching. And then they got to see the win against, who was the other big one? Creighton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Got those two, um, only suffering the one loss. And now, Transitioning into tough environments, big you know, big time road environments. What happens when things don't go their way? That's what I want to see from this team because everything went their way against Gonzaga. Nothing, it felt like nothing went against them that night. Creighton, a little more of a fight, a little more of a of a tough back and forth, but they answered every question. I want to see what happens when they're in somebody else's barn. And it starts to go wrong. And they go four or five minutes without scoring, which we know they can do at times. Oh, they did it last night. They did it last night. They did like, like six minutes without scoring a bucket. Against A&M Commerce. Against Commerce. So I'm thinking, I've been in that building in Norman. I've been in that building in Stillwater. When any version of the Longhorns come to town, they just get they take it to a different level in terms of the fan reaction and all that. I just want to see what they do when it doesn't go their way. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean... The, the the Big Twelve is an absolute gauntlet, and just to make it out is difficult. Yet alone win it. But you got eighteen games. You play each team twice, and it's gonna be a battle. All eighteen. Plus, you got to play Tennessee in one of those SEC Big Twelve matchups, and Tennessee's a top ten team too for Rick Barnes' crew. Mm-hmm. So there's no more easy games. All those are out the window. You play Commerce already. You barely beat Rice, and yeah, just beating Rice that day was a very emotional. 
emotional day, so I'll give you that. But you took care of a decent Louisiana team the other day, and now it gets real. So, yeah, I'm eager to see how they look on the road, their first road test of the year this Saturday. Yeah. You can't count what happened in Dallas when they played Stanford a road game. You can't count what happened in New York against Illinois a road game. This is their first true road test against a rival. I don't care if it's basketball. It's still a rival game, especially to Oklahoma. Maybe not as much to Texas on the basketball end, but Oklahoma, who I don't think is going to make the tournament this year, it's going to be a huge game for them. And with how deep the Texas Longhorns are, they could play multiple ways. And I think Coach Terry Mm -hmm. could do a good job by, you know, we didn't see Dylan DeSue last night. That's a little worrisome moving forward. But they they said if he could have played, you know, that he could have played. Like if they thought, you know, it was a big enough game or a game more important to play in, they would have played him. But they didn't need him versus Commerce. We'll look at that down the line. But their depth is going to be, you know, that's going to be their main point. That's going to be their vocal point this season, how deep they are, playing multiple lineups, sometimes. Sometimes going big, sometimes going small with guys like Timmy Allen as your four. But if they keep this confidence like Marcus Carr had last night, then they, they should be fine. 12.30 pregame start on Saturday and a 1 o'clock tip time at OU for Texas. Uh, lots of stuff going on today. Back to San Antonio and the Alamo Bowl discussion at 2.05. We'll talk with Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Get his thoughts on the Longhorns, the matchup. Also, uh, the questions asked of Xavier Worthy and Jalen Ford. Uh, I know Chip had an article dealing with a little bit of Xavier Worthy. Maybe a different angle on Xavier Worthy than you've uh, heard about if you're a Texas fan. We'll get Chip to tell us a little bit about that, and certainly we'll direct you to Horns247.com for the rest of that article. Up next, it's Where We At in Society. Isaiah will let us know. Don't move. It's the Horn. Look at me. I'm a train on a track. I'm a train. I'm a train. I'm a chicken train. Yeah. Look at me, got a load on my back, I'm a train, I'm a train, I'm a chicken train, yeah. Look at me, I'm going somewhere, I'm a train, I'm a train, I'm a chicken train, yeah. I feel like he's a train. You getting that idea? Maybe? Yeah, I don't know what it means, but (laughs) he sounds happy. It's a metaphor. Um, This thing has like a... Definitely got like a Crosby, Stills, Nash, young kind of feel to it. Like Stephen Stills, Albert Hammond. Yeah, no, Albert Hammond. Very cool, folksy tune there, Albert Hammond. Never knew that one. All right, Albert Hammond, Blind Guardian. The dude's got some serious pipes. We learned that earlier. Canned Heat and Heart have all been a part of the show today. We hope you are having a good one. Uh, Lots of, obviously, a lot of football on the board as we head into week 17 of the NFL schedule. And you only have one 
winning matchup. One, Buffalo-Cincinnati on Monday night. There's a whole lot of should-be-good games that aren't, and there's a whole lot of handle-your-business this weekend. Uh, In looking at some of the playoff stuff, here's the easy stuff. I'm not going into the complex. Giants win, and they're in the playoffs. Philadelphia wins, they get the one seed, and the Cowboys might want to think about resting, folks. And if Tampa Bay wins, they win their division. Those are the three easy ones I found. Everything else involves like win and then something else has to happen. Uh, so those are all big games. Philadelphia hosts New Orleans. If you don't know, the Giants host Indy, and the Carolina-Tampa game is in Tampa. So those three teams I just mentioned are at home with those situations. At home, win and you're in the playoffs. Or in the Eagles' case, win and you get it all. You get everything you want huh. one victory. Let me ask you this scenario right here, and shout out to my guy Sean that sent me this on Twitter. It was from Clarence Hill Jr., a writer for the Cowboys since 97 up there in the DFW area. This is what he said on Twitter, which would make Cowboy fans think, including yourself, Chad. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to next week's hypothetical. If the Cowboys have nothing to play in this season, in the season finale against Washington, what if they rested their starters thus helping the Commanders make the playoffs and keeping Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out the playoffs. Mike McCarthy, Petty, dot, 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 LOL. Hmm. Oh, I hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of that angle of of the resting. But to me, that would just be, that would be like an extra personal reason you might want to do it. Because, and I don't mean that just as Mike McCarthy to Aaron Rodgers, that's the more dangerous animal. Yeah. If you can do something, and it rests your players, and it might keep the dangerous animal out of the playoffs and allow a more reasonable animal in. I mean, come on. Who do you want to who do you want to face? You're the you're the president of the Heineke fan club. Oh, he ain't playing. So but, I, I right. want Carson Wentz. But whether it's Wentz or Heineke, that's who you want to play yeah. versus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I hadn't even thought of that Especially angle. Especially with the kryptonite section of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers going against the Cowboys, which one of the few losses that the Cowboys had this year came against those Green Bay Packers. Dude, I was already for the Cowboys resting players if the Eagles win this week. Now I really am. I hadn't even thought of that angle. I think the Cowboys could really benefit from it. They're so banged up on defense. They've had injuries all over, really, offense and defense throughout the year. Uh, I feel like that's something that I think rest could do them a a lot of good if they could get a week to just sort of treat it like a preseason game. And I get what Justin Wells is saying. The Cowboys do have a lot of injuries, especially in that secondary, so he doesn't want to hear nothing about the Jalen Hurts talk, but but we all know quarterback rules the world. If you don't have your MVP candidate quarterback, mm-hmm. that kind of means something. Yeah. Where the Cowboys had Dak Prescott. Yeah. I know the Cooper Rush situation happened where Cooper Rush played against Jalen Hurts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, there's a lot of angles. There's so many angles to look at it. There's, yeah, here's, here's one. They played their backup quarterback, turned the ball over four times, and they still scored 34 on you. Like, that's true, too. There's a lot of different angles to look at there. Um, So what if they were clean? What if they played a clean game? And T.Y. Hilton doesn't run that ball down. What's 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 the result then? You could obviously what if yourself to death, but that's part of it as well. Uh, We'll keep our eyes on that. Also at the NFL, real quick, uh, Derek Carr benched. For the, for the Raiders, Josh McDaniel says they're going to look at guys at all positions, so he's going to start Jarrett Stidham, first NFL start hosting the Niners this week. 
Yeah, I don't know if this is a tank job or what, but this wow. is weird. That's bizarre. This that is, is weird. a weird game to watch. That's a 305 kick on Sunday, in case you care. All right, let's go uh, where are we at in society, see what Zay's got for us today. Here we go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I have something I need to look at on Twitter? No, you don't need to look at anything. That's good. I almost broke myself trying to figure out Twitter earlier, so I'm glad I don't have to look. Yeah. What do you got? This is very light. This is kind of a two-for-one today because I was sent this by Chris Bennett, and the rumors were squashed by Jane Slater, but is it Dov Kilman? How do you pronounce the NFL guy who covers the NFL for a long time? Kellerman? Kleiman? Who are we talking about? Dove climbing. Dove? I don't know. Either way, he said okay. possible reunion, 49-year-old free agent wide receiver Terrell Owens oh has been in contact with the Dallas Cowboys about rejoining the team, saying we've been in consistent communication with Jerry Jones' office over the last few days about the possibility of returning Jane Slater went on to comment that. We know Jane Slater did good work here at Longhorn Network, now does good work sure. for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. She went on to say, this was a fun one to ask about and follow up on, but according to my sources, he did not call Jerry, but not, or he did call Jerry, but this ain't happening. Oh, As it was described to me, <laughs> last game in 2010 and 49 years old, but never say never with Jerry. It La- seems like a long shot. Last game Wednesday, did you say? 2010. Okay. Yeah. I get that he's... I was 19 years old. I get that he's T.O. And Chad Johnson's on social media today defending him. And, hey, what do you mean, <laughs> blah, blah. Look, it's a specific guy. I get that. He is a freak dog. We understand... I, I get it. I totally get that. But there... I mean, when you see stuff like that, if you've been a fan of this team as long as I have... That's the kind of story now that I just brush it right off. Don't even. I barely blinked when I saw that story, Zay, because I thought, boy, there's a cowboy story for you. Just a cowboy story if there Why ever was one. Why is that even one. being talked about, though? Yeah. How like, does, how does that. Only the cowboys, only Jerry Jones and what he's done during his tenure of being the owner slash general manager, basically taking over that front office, that this would happen to a team that you would even have a 49 year old. I don't care if it's T.O. or not. Right. Is it, an, is it the fact that it's Jerry and he's 80 and he talks too much and he's got radio shows? Does he just say stuff in the hallways? Yeah, That's how people bored? find out? Does Steven let this kind of stuff out? Is there some media dude? Is the guy that replaced Dalrymple not doing a great job and he's letting this stuff leak out? Oh, Steven ain't going to say nothing to daddy. Because I'm assuming between now and 2010, I bet T.O. has tried to contact a lot of NFL teams. But we didn't hear about all of them. No. This one we hear about. No, T.O. struggled in that little bootleg arena football-type league with Johnny Menzel. Like, I didn't hear much on him. I should have been seeing highlights of T.O. every week, every game they play, because he was dominating that league. But oh, I did yeah. it. yeah, I forgot Why? Because he wasn't dominating that league. Right. Why? Because he's old as hell. Yeah, he's forty. He's a 49-year-old Terrell Owens. Um, so that is – or does he go Terrell Owens? I could never remember. Um, but – yeah, that is it's a it's a cowboy story if there ever was one. My cowboy story right now that involves a receiver is the development of eighty eight. That's my cowboy story. Yeah. They have a number one receiver that is developing in front of your eyes. They have a couple other guys that can give them big catches when they need it. The T. Y. Hilton catch the other day gives me reason to believe he can still make a big catch in this league. And I dig the tight ends. Yeah. 
Yeah, really good tight end group. Dalton Schultz, Hendershot, all those guys. Ferguson, you know, T.Y. Hilton. That was clearly a good pickup with that third and 30, even though Darius Slay and Josiah Scott botched that one. But, yeah, I think C.D. Lamb turning into a true number one, whether you put him on the outside, you put him in the slot, whether you give him those jet sweets, just putting the ball in his hands. He has made plays this year. And, yeah, whenever that contract is up, that rookie deal is up, and he gonna be asking for some serious Skrilla. So, Jerry, I hope you go deep in them pockets because C.D. Lamb, he's yeah. one of those ones. And I, I think Jerry Jones understood that with trading somebody like Amari Cooper now or getting rid of Amari Cooper, you got to have somebody come in and step up as a number one. Sure. And you're going to have to pay that guy if he come, becomes a true number one like C.D. Lamb has. And, yeah, with Dak Prescott being, you know, injured like he was and dealing with Cooper Rush, he is still – put out a very, very good Pro Bowl season. Yeah, and Jerry was the guy that forced C.D. Lamb to wear 88 when fans like me were saying, why would you do that? Let him wear whatever number he wants. Stop putting that extra pressure on him. Ain't that a bitch. Jerry's <laughs> he's being proven right in a way, I guess, because maybe he could argue the psychology of it. Like, no, no, Chad, he wore the 88 and knew he needed to live up to it, now he's doing it. So yeah. what argument do you have now? Did you watch that little spin move into the end zone? Did you see him? Are you watching these catches? He's our guy. He's our number one. And in our house... Our number one wears 88. You good? What am I going to say? Yeah. What am I going to say? I fell in love with Drew Pearson, then Michael Irvin, for a little while, Dez. You know, I get it. It's so weird, the 88 thing. Like, yeah. not nobody put it up on, like, the Hall of Fame or anything. Like, you see Emmett's number up there. You see Troy Aikman's, but you don't see Michael Irvin's for the number. Or you probably see Michael Irvin, but you don't see the number 88 with it, do you? Um, All right, like, clearly you could just keep on wearing it. Like, Michael Irvin, I want to say. Right, well, the Cowboys don't retire numbers. They okay. just do Ring of Honor. Okay. The Ring of Honor is not a retired number thing. Okay. So That's te why. technically, you could wear 822 and 88. It's just that they don't hand it out very often. Ah, gotcha. So they have not. They've decided that yeah, okay, if you're going to be a quarterback, you're going to, have to be a certain level badass. If we're going to think of giving you number eight, because yeah, um, I can't see no other Cowboys player wearing twenty two. And I don't. I can't remember the last guy that may have worn twenty two. If anybody did it after Emmett, and that's nobody would be that disrespectful. That's going to have to be a special circumstance. But with the eighty eight thing, it kind of happens. It's like the old school, like the number one at Michigan over the years, and there's just certain numbers sometimes that get handed out. And Jerry handed it out, and now CD Lamb is. Making it fit pretty well. Cowboys and Titans coming up tomorrow night. Remember, we got a double circus Thursday for you coming up. It's a rarity. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's never happened. You can double check me. Prime time kickoffs within an hour. Longhorns and Cowboys. You go find me a time when that happened. It's happening tomorrow night. We are going to line it all up for you. I'll tell you where everything's going to be coming up, and then we'll talk to Chip Brown of Horns247.com and get his thoughts on Xavier Worthy and Jalen Ford and the Longhorns against Washington. And we may have to ask about Marcus Carr because he had some baskets last night. That's coming up on the Horn.